You know, now I realize that those years, while they were so challenging, that was really my awakening. Mm -hmm. And so as difficult as it was, and I would never want to go through that again, of course, mm -hmm. uh, to have had this experience and to have woken up in this way and to be able to help others through this, I would say it was totally worth it. And I just, I don't regret, I don't regret it at all. I really don't. And I do believe that once you remove the root cause of any illness and you properly detox, heal and support your body, quite frankly, I believe that anything can be healed. I truly do because I've seen it with my own eyes. You may have already heard me sharing about my health struggles due to breast implant illness and my decision to remove my implants last year and my subsequent recovery from the mysterious illness that had plagued me for four years. After my experience, I knew that I had to speak up about this condition, even if it helps only one woman to figure out why her body and her life is falling apart. It was a bit more challenging than I had expected to find someone to interview about this topic. I guess a lot of women are not yet ready to talk about it so publicly. And the women who are and have the knowledge and the confidence to be interviewed are incredibly busy people as they have dedicated their lives to helping the hundreds of thousands of women worldwide who are experiencing this condition. And so I am very grateful for this conversation with Amanda Porter. Known as the Holistic Beauty Coach, Amanda blends her love of aesthetics and natural health to help her clients achieve optimal results. She has worked in all areas of the beauty industry for 20 years and has trained under some of the best practitioners in the US. In her 20s, Amanda developed BII. It took her seven and a half years to realize why her health had deteriorated so badly and finally to explant. After detoxing and healing, she is now in better health than ever at the age of 49. Amanda has found a niche as a patient advocate for women going through breast implant illness. Thanks to her own experience and by teaming up with a plastic surgeon to create the first holistic breast team, she has advised thousands of women around the world, from celebrities to athletes to prominent businesswomen, and supported them through this contentious, emotional and ever-growing health crisis. So I'm very curious to know what you do and, and how you started working with women who are struggling with breast implant illness. Oh, great question. I started working in the beauty industry, first in day spas right out of college and kind of worked my way up. I started working for a facial plastic surgeon who was amazing. I learned so much from her in about, um, I'd say it was 2003 or so. Um, around the same time, I got breast implants. I got breast implants for a condition, a tuberous breast condition. It was, it was not something that I really wanted to do, but at the time I felt like that was my only choice. Mm -hmm. uh, I had two sets, one in 2003 that was saline, and then in 2004 they had to be replaced um, because of capsular contracture in one of them. I went to a new surgeon because mine was on maternity leave, and he said that he would like to replace them, but with silicone. And I do remember saying at the time, but isn't silicone bad for you? Because they had been banned from the market, even at that point. 
And he said, oh, no, no, we're actually, we have worked on them and we've made now the shell so strong that they would never rupture. So, you know, at the time, my early 20s, he was working for manufacturers. And I mean, of course, I was going with what the doctor said was a good choice. So I said, okay, and thinking I was going to be followed by a study, like he said. But I got my breast implants and I'd never been followed up with a study. In fact, about nine months after getting the second set, the silicone, I started developing uh, hormonal issues that were very similar to perimenopausal symptoms. But I was only, you know, mid 20s at the time. So from there, um, and I should say that the hormonal issues that I experienced were things like night sweats, a ruptured ovarian cyst, although I can't prove that the breast implants uh, were related to that, but it is a coincidence. And this was all happening about the same time. Um, and I did go to the gynecologist and I did say, I'm experiencing perimenopausal symptoms. This isn't right. And she said, oh, no, no, no. That's just probably your normal. And I said, well, no, it's not normal. That's why I'm here today. So I realized that I have um, been really fighting and advocating for my health for now well over 20 years. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up that uh, perimenopausal symptoms because I see a lot of women experiencing that and just dismissing it and saying, oh, well, I guess I'm getting old. And even for myself, when I started noticing all of these things, I also started thinking to myself, oh, I guess I'm just starting to get old now. And thank God <clears throat> that I have a really amazing practitioner. He's a homeopath and a naturopath, and he's my go-to doctor. I don't go to a GP. And when I said that to him, he like he looked a bit shocked and he was like, absolutely not. You're only 36. There's no ways you should be having symptoms like this now. I agree. Yeah, I agree. But they tell you just about anything to dismiss what you're expressing you feel. I see that now. Uh, I had never and I like to say this. I didn't have a lot of experiences going to the doctor. My father was a doctor um, until he passed when I was about seven and a half. My mother's very uh, holistic. Um, but I never was sick or healthy. I, I'm an athlete. I was always dancing or playing soccer or just working out. I love to work out. I love to walk. I walk, you know, sometimes, you know, six miles or more a day. And so I never really went to the doctor other than just kind of your annual physical. So I don't even think I would have known words, you know, like, of course, I know what gaslighting means, but I would have never had that experience in the medical community being gaslit. And I was shocked on my seven and a half year chronic illness journey at the treatment that people um, experience. And, and this, um, I don't know how else to say it, it is like I, I I believe that, you know, through severing the mind-body connection, and that's what somebody is kind of chipping away at mm. when they continue to say, oh, no, this is all in your head. Mm. Or, oh, you just have anxiety. Let me give you a prescription and go home. You know, they would have come up with anything to get me off of really figuring out what it was. Mm. They blamed it on prior car accidents. Um 
And of course, I knew that didn't make any sense. Um, your age, right? It's telling you at 25 that it's normal to have perimenopausal symptoms. Mm. So, so it was interesting. And, and that's why I've decided, you know, after my journey to become a patient advocate, I just thought to myself, people really need others to support them who have been through something like this. Yeah, so. definitely, because I see this happening over and over again. And just like yourself, most of us, we blindly trust in the medical system and in doctors because that's how we've been raised. And it's only once we go through that experience ourselves that we start going, wait a minute, something's not quite right here. For me, that actually started with my pregnancy. Um, oh. I was very determined to have a natural birth. And here in South Africa, C-sections are very common um, mm -hmm. in the sort of like working class even to middle class society. Uh, C-section is like 80 to 90%. Yes. Um, so it's sort of like people are sort of surprised when you say that you gave natural birth. So I was determined to give natural birth. And when I said that to my gynae, he patted me on the shoulder and he said, yes, of course, all my ladies give natural birth. And there was something about his tone that was very condescending and it just didn't sit well with me. So I went and did a bit of research and I found out that at the hospital where he practices, they have a 90% C-section rate. And then like my intuition was just screaming at me, alarm bells went off. So I ditched him and I found a midwife instead. But I think that was the first step for me in going, that doctor lied to me, like straight up lied to me. Mm -hmm. And if he's done that to me, how many other women has he done that to? How many other doctors have lied to me? And that's how mm -hmm. I started this process of questioning. Oh, good. But it, I think it really, um, for most people, it takes something much more drastic than that um, before they it's can true. actually start to look at it. Yes. And, you know, now I realize that those years, while they were so challenging, that was really my awakening. Mm -hmm. And so as difficult as it was, and I would never want to go through that again, of course, mm -hmm. um, to have had this experience and to have woken up in this way and to be able to help others through this, I would say it was totally worth it. And mm -hmm. I just, I don't regret, I don't regret it at all. I really don't. And I do believe that once you remove the root cause of any illness and you properly detox, heal, and support your body, quite frankly, I believe that anything can be healed. I truly do because I've seen it with my own eyes and patients. Even things like rheumatoid arthritis, mm -hmm. you know, um, autoimmune illnesses that women have had for long, long periods of time. It takes a lot of work. And it's up to each of us to decide how much work we want to um, give to it, right? I think that explanting can be not only a physical heal, but spiritual and emotional as well. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it, it started me on my healing journey that I wish I had started years before. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And um, I was about to say something now, I just went completely blank. <laughs> But then I'll, I'll just go to the next thing, which is that um, I also found that removing the implants was a very big energetic process for me, more than just like the physical removing the toxicity from my body. It, um, and it just coincided with a lot of other things in my life. It was sort of this like severing death rebirth process. It all just aligned beautifully. 
And removing the implants was like removing the last remnants of my old life so that I can really move forward. Mm-hmm. And I also think something um, now that you've touched on that, maybe we can chat about that because I don't really see people talking about this. I think that there's a huge energetic component to what we do to ourselves as women when we actually put the implants in in the first place. And I don't think that most women have, I mean, I didn't when I put them in, I had no concept of what I was doing. Whereas when I went for my explant surgery, I was very much aware of the fact that Yes, I now had to do the surgery because that's the only way to take the implants out and they had to come out. But I was very aware of the fact that by slicing into my breasts, I'm disrupting a really important energy center in my body. Yes. Yes, we see that. This is my theory and anyone can challenge me on it. I, um, I noticed when I was sick and because the doctors had a hard time believing I was as sick as I was saying, because the tests for whatever reason really didn't show the extent of the way I was feeling. Uh, it was my lymphatic system. I, I am a dancer and um, my legs are very lean naturally. And when I had breast implant illness, they got very swollen. It was edema, um, mostly from my knee up, but definitely had it in my lower part of my leg. Um, it didn't make sense to me. And so when doctors would challenge me and say, oh, well, you look great. You can't be that sick. I would show them my legs. To them, if they hadn't known me before, I guess it really didn't make a difference. But I kept saying there's something wrong with my lymphatic system, to which their answer would always be, oh, you're too young for lymphatic cancer. And I'd say, but why would we bring up cancer? I just said that it was congested. (laughs) There's a difference. So I went and had thermography. um, And a thermography scan is a safe scan for your entire body. I was doing it to see the inflammation. Um, because I wanted to see like if there was a a, a a place in my body that the inflammation was coming from, like say my gut, because we get a lot of inflammation from our gut. And I have yet to speak to a woman with breast implants, whether or not they think they're sick, that doesn't have gut issues. Yeah. And these starts in the gut. So that's a problem. So um, they didn't have any answers. I would go and speak to a lot of colonic practitioners really is who I was focused on, which is interesting because a colonic practitioner actually ended up bringing breast implant illness Mm. to my attention. And so we could never figure it out. Uh, and, And so as time went on, okay, so the way I look at it, so I started studying the lymphatic system, actually with German doctors who are light years ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And I said, I really want to learn about this because I know how it's impacting me. And you know what? While we're at it, I just want to learn everything about the human body because I really feel like I need to understand more of how everything works together so I can save my life. That was like the download I was getting for whatever reason. So with your lymphatic system, it is such an intricate um super highway of vessels through your body that carry out disease and toxins. So it's crucial that our lymphatic system be healthy. While I was talking to these doctors and they would look at me so puzzled, I started asking questions to friends who are doctors. And I said, do you guys learn much about the lymphatic system in medical school? 
to which I found out that no, they actually don't. And I thought that was fascinating. I especially think it's fascinating when we're here in the middle of a global pandemic where your immune system is your gold right now. So um, as learning about the lymphatic system, I started realizing too the, how it's um, so connected with your circulation. I was having circulatory problems. I saw that with the little spider veins that were coming out on my skin. Um, a lot of women get Raynaud's syndrome from breast implants, etc. There were definite like signs that my circulation was not you know, really none of my systems were working well. I would say that they all slowed down. That was kind of the feeling I was getting. Nothing was working optimally. And I'm way too young for that to happen overnight without there being a root cause or something that created this scenario in my body. So the way I look at it is this. When we put these breast implants into your chest wall, they're essentially acting as a roadblock, right? For your normal flow of water in the body. We're 70% water. I like to explain it to the patients like, you know, you have a river and a dam, right? When debris collects, well, so what happens? The water stops flowing. When we remove the debris or we remove the breast implants, what happens when you remove the debris of the dam? Whoosh, the water starts rushing. Same thing when we remove the implants. That's why I believe women wake up the very next morning or even after mm -hmm. surgery and say, I can breathe better. Yes. <gasps> Something feels better because more oxygen is getting to the brain. My eyes, they're not red anymore, mm -hmm. right? Their skin, the oils start coming back to their skin. Their hair, my hair stopped falling out like it did and as it grew back in it was healthy mm. it wasn't healthy at all i mean that's how my i was really impacted to my hair changed so much in that time and of course because of the hormones and well you have beautiful hair i lost so much of it um but i'm very lucky i still have enough on my head uh and so if we were to look at say chinese medicine that i am a huge mm. huge fan of myself um, you would think the same thing. Any implanted anything is going to throw off the natural energy flow of the body. Yes. When we mess with Mother Nature, I'm going to go back to what my family, like my parents were always telling me, you don't mess with Mother Nature for yeah. a reason, right? Because it can be any implanted medical device that can cause these symptoms. And now we're also seeing it with mesh and other materials in the body, IUDs, etc. Yeah. I actually um, got tears in my eyes as you were describing what women say when they wake up from surgery or the very next day because it just took me right back to that sensation of waking up. As soon as I woke up from surgery, I felt this immense relief, like not mm. just an emotional relief that it was over, but an actual physical relief. Like my body was saying, oh, thank you. Like I felt yes. like I could breathe again. And every, everything that you said, my skin cleared up, my eyes cleared up, my nails suddenly grew, my hair literally just about two or three weeks ago, my hair suddenly felt like my own hair again, smooth oh. and silky. Whereas for the last yeah. while, it was just horrible. It was brittle and dry and breaking. and Like a Brillo pad. Yeah. <laughs> like that. 
years. When I would go and get it colored, in fact, my hair would turn black because it was so porous that my hairdresser would be like, what is going on? That it was just soaking in the color. It was terrible. It looked so bad. Yeah, I mean, I I now have a little bit of highlights, but I didn't, I had virgin hair. I didn't color my hair for years and I hardly ever heat styled. So my hair was in a really, really good condition. And then all of a sudden it wasn't. Um, I've made a a couple of notes because you gave me some really good stuff there. Um, So I remembered what I wanted to say earlier when you were talking about how you believe that if you remove the root cause and you support your body and detoxing and giving it what it needs, that it can really recover from anything. And I, I want to bring it up again because I think it's really important for people to understand this. And I so deeply believe this. I believe that our body's natural state is one of perpetual healing and that everyone has the ability to be healthy. It's just about removing those root causes and and supporting your body, giving it what it needs. As you said, going back to mother nature instead of putting all of those blockages in the way and creating those dams. Yes, but do you know what I think was so interesting? And I say this a lot. When I had toxicity inside me, I had toxicity all around me. Mm. It was attracting to me during that time. Whether those were the years that maybe I, you know, I was at the bars drinking alcohol. I was dating guys who were unavailable and (laughs) not the best choices. Girlfriends who were jealous and weren't really my friends. Bosses that um, took advantage of my workmanship and kindness and generosity. Uh, and so I would try to do detoxes, which is interesting. You know, the beginning of the year, I remember that wonderful book came out clean by Alejandro Junger. And I couldn't even like do it more than a day or two. I was too toxic. Right. But see, I had never been through that before. And what I understand now is right when our lymphatic system, and I was going to, I should have followed up with with the thermography scan, I went in just to look at the inflammation, but what I discovered was so much more valuable. I looked at the, because the thermography, um, the woman doing the scan pointed out to me, not only because I had had neuropathy in my legs, so she could see on the scan, she said, I need to reshoot this, something's wrong with our machine. And I said, what? And she said, because I'm looking at your legs and they're purple. And I said, okay, well, so what does that mean? She said, it means you have no circulation in your legs. And I've never seen anything like this before. So going back to our conversation about circulation. And then she said, but even more interesting is your clavicle underarms and pelvis are so flaming red and inflamed. She said, I can't imagine that you're sweating. And I said, oh, no, I, I've not sweat in years, but I just thought that was me. Then I started asking my followers, are you sweating with breast implants? I would get hundreds of responses. No, actually, now that you mention it. And I'd say, that's not a good thing. We only have so many detox pathways and we need to utilize all of them. So when you're not sweating, you're accumulating toxins in your body. So you're sitting, I was sitting in my own toxins. That is what leads to 
A, inflammation, and B, autoimmune symptoms Mm -hmm. and illness. So I did have autoimmune symptoms. Thankfully, I never was diagnosed with an autoimmune illness. And I don't have that in my family. And honestly, if they had had been honest when I got breast implants and said that these can cause autoimmune issues or hormone imbalance, I would have said, I don't have any autoimmune in my family mm-hmm. that I know of. So again, I'm speaking from a point of, I was such a healthy woman before these implants. And this is the only time in my life I've ever been sick, ever. I have a close friend who explanted just a couple of weeks after me, and she kept on saying to me, something's not right with my lymph. She was like, I know that my lymph is blocked. And she's a doctor, so she understands how the body works. She was like, my lymph is completely congested. She was also getting the Raynaud's um, syndrome, where the, mm-hmm. um, the tips of the fingers turn blue and there's no circulation. And she's also been diagnosed with an autoimmune condition. Uh, so it's interesting how you see these um, similar symptoms over and over and over again in so many different women. Yes. And, you know, I have never, I mean, A, I was never even planning on speaking out about this or anything else, but I felt like it was my responsibility. having worked in the industry as long as I have. I care about patients. That's what, why I've done my job for this many years. Uh, and I feel like it would be grossly irresponsible for me not to say anything and just sit back. And really, I just started my Instagram account. I'm not a social media person. I never was. Um, but I started it just to tell my story in the case there were any women who had the same experience I did. I wanted to just support them and let them know that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I'm shocked by how many people are interested in this story and how many women now we are seeing with the same symptoms that I had. And then upon removing their breast implants are getting better. Yeah. And I'm not saying it happens to everyone. I'm not trying to get these off the market. I'm a busy person. I've got plenty of other things to be doing. Uh, I just want to simply tell my story and and just bring it to the attention like i said of any other woman who needs support just to show them that you can get better from chronic illness in general too i'd like to actually have more men join and let's all talk about autoimmune illness just in general yeah you mentioned earlier that on all the tests that were done you seem to be perfectly healthy i had the same thing so i did blood tests and everything came back perfectly fine on paper I was 100% healthy but I knew that something was wrong in my body and like you said you went to the doctors and they all said but you look great you look fine and then you showed them their legs and they were like well legs look okay too Um, but you know your own body and that's the thing like for me uh, especially towards the end when I got really sick and when when I could no longer deny that something was wrong I started looking in the mirror And I couldn't really pinpoint exactly what was wrong. But I I remember looking in the mirror and just going, I don't look like myself. I don't know what's changed, but something looks wrong. And of course, something feels very wrong. I might have looked okay on the outside to everybody else, but inside I was not okay at all. I felt really ill. And it was quite scary. You mentioned Mm -hmm. that you were sick for seven and a half years. So I I take it that's how long it took for you to actually figure out what was wrong. 
Right. So as I had stated earlier, so my issues start as hormonal issues. And like I said, it was just a handful. I did notice some inflammation, but it was only about five to 10 pounds at the time. But see, again, a physical change because I am very, very thin. So I, my body doesn't gain weight. So that was one thing that was strange. Like even my high school friends said, oh, you put on a few pounds like that never, you know, and I said, yeah, right. It is kind of weird, but it wasn't enough yet. When I started really getting sick, that was not until 2012. So I got the breast implants, the first set in 2003, had them replaced with the silicone the following year in 2004, started having the hormonal issues within the first nine months, but didn't get very sick. And when I say very sick, I mean about 38 or 40 of the symptoms of breast implant illness. Same. Um, in, in 2012. Yeah. And it was a minor fender bender that started it. A man hit me not very hard um, at the end of a freeway off ramp. But the pain in my body was such that it didn't make sense. It was like I was hit by a Mack truck. And I, no one could even touch me. I was so inflamed. And it didn't make any sense to the massage therapist, to the chiropractor, to this, you know, spine people helping me. Uh, and then about six months after that, I had kind of a stressful personal situation and boom, it then vertigo. Vertigo was my first real, and it's so interesting. All the women I speak to now, they're like, vertigo was the first thing that happened. And I think, so weird. I'd never had vertigo before that. I've never had it necessarily after that. And then a feeling in my chest that I just kept rubbing like this. I would go to medical mediums. I'd say, what is wrong? Do I have, I thought lung cancer. I don't know why. And she'd say, it's something about your chest. And I'd say, yes, I know. I rub it like this all the time for comfort. But I never put together the implants because they become part of your body. Like I wasn't even, mm. right? After all those years, they were just mine. It wasn't even like I had implants. Uh, and everything from my hair falling out, vision issues, I could no longer wa walk up a flight of stairs without being winded. I mean, I was walking around like a retired football player and yet I was still in the prime of my life, 38, 39 was working out all the time, certainly do not seem like my age at all. So it just kind of took me down from there. And that's where I saw 67 practitioners, both Western and Eastern, I know, in seven and a half years. I tried, I took every test there is to take from CT scans to you name it, which further jeopardized my body, I believe, mm -hmm. by getting all of these things done. And I did like you start looking in the mirror and I thought, I'm aging overnight. This is bizarre because I have never looked my age. And I think, again, that was another really great physical thing I could show. And I took a test at one point. It was saliva and urine. So, of course, nobody here in the United States, is they're going to think that that sounds wonky. But it was an interesting test because it really did show all the imbalances in my body. And it gives your body a physical age. Okay. Do you want to hear what my age was when I had breast implants in, according to this test? Yeah. 104. What? When I was only 40 years old. And do you know what that test is today when I take it? 36. Wow. 36. So anybody who tells you that you can't age backwards, 
I don't believe it because it's happening to me and I can see it. And in fact, when I don't see people for a while now, they'll like step back. They're like, what are you doing? Like, you look like you're glowing from within. Yeah. I said, yeah. I mean, that's what true health is supposed to look like. <laughs> no, you, right? really, you look amazing. Do you mind if I ask how old you are now? Yeah, I just turned 49. So I'll be oh, 50. I mean, you this look year. amazing. <laughs> and honestly, the more I cut back on all of the things that my industry told us to do, like medical grade skincare, lasers, peels, mm. filler, Botox, right? At one point, women were doing all of those things. And over the years, I would watch reps and different women in my industry from overuse of Retin-A, their face would start looking like a mask. It was strange to me. Um, the inflammation, the fact that like your liver has to process that. I never went down the Retin-A hole, even though like I think that that makes sense. I just never did that. Um, Botox, I just, I don't agree with that. I don't do it anymore because um, just basically this. I believe just like the muscles in your body, the muscles in your face need to be um, worked out. Like you work out your body need to be toned. So why would we then want to freeze something? Right? That's like when you put a cast on your arm, you know, and it's been on there for a while and the arm gets much smaller because it hasn't. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the same thing, like an atrophy situation? I don't know. I'm just so I I don't I don't do Botox filler. When I started seeing women do all this filler, what I noticed was their faces look very inflamed. Yes. And then I know that I tried it under my eyes once as a as a filler model back in 2000. Gosh, six way before I needed it, and it migrated down around my nose. In fact, if I have facials, they can feel it. Still. So. That's what they say. Yeah. So I just decided I'm not doing any of that either. And instead, I um, have lymph work done in my face. Because we age because of the stagnation of the lymph and not keeping it healthy and balanced in our face as well. And so that is how I'm going to choose to be preventative as I get older. So is that the only thing that you do for anti-aging i hate using the word anti-aging because i feel right. like why should it be anti like why can't we talk about pro youth <laughs> practices or let's do it let's coin our own new phrase yeah. uh you know another thing from our industry that i again i was drinking the kool-aid and listened to which was not the right advice staying out of the sun mm -hmm. i not go in the sun from the age of 27 or 28 on thinking that was an amazing thing, right? Because in our industry, oh, don't get any sun on your face. Use this SPF with all these chemicals on your face. Do you know, for whatever reason, I never used SPF on my face or really anywhere else. I don't know why. It was like something intuitive told me not to. Me too. And now I go out in the sun every day. I don't put anything on my skin. I don't burn. I might have a little bit of a farmer's tan, but I don't care, <laughs> you know, because I just want to get the vitamin D. I lived in a place uh, in a, a northern state here where we didn't get a lot of sun. And I do have low vitamin D levels. Uh, I also see low vitamin D levels in a lot of the women who have breast implants. Is it a coincidence? I don't know. Wow. So that's really encouraging because you really do look amazing. 
Uh, I mean, your skin looks beautiful. You look vibrant and healthy. So it's so great to uh, to Thanks. see such an example of that. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And I, mean, I would say to all women too, I just want to say this because I, when I started my account, I never wanted to come across as somebody who's like, oh, I've just always green juiced and I've always lived perfectly and I've never put sugar in my mouth. No, mm -hmm. I was doing everything wrong. So that's why I want to tell women, you know, um, I mean, I was even drinking wine, like a glass or two at night, a mm, few times a week when I had BII because I felt like it was helping the anxiety. Mm -hmm. Then I wouldn't sleep well at night. I'd wake up at three in the morning due to my liver health, which again, I didn't know at the time. And then you, so you fall asleep, you sleep for maybe an hour and a half. It's not a deep sleep. Then I wake up at three and I just lay there until work. Then I had would have coffee in the morning to try to wake myself up, maybe a Diet Coke during the day to keep myself going because now by three o'clock, you're about to crash because so it went on and on like that. And um, that was also my first indication when I got my breast implants out that I had made the right decision because I could sleep through the night. Yeah. And that's huge when you haven't slept. I can't even tell anybody what that feels like. You're like a, a zombie, a walking zombie. I had really bad fatigue, yeah. chronic fatigue when I had mm -hmm. BII, um, which actually brings me to Something really interesting. I got goosebumps when you were describing how you had that car accident that sort of triggered things and then later on a personal trauma. Mm -hmm. Because this is what I've put together from my own experience, uh, but I haven't necessarily seen it in other women. It was mm -hmm. It's just like my own understanding of what happened in my body. But to hear you tell your story is actually just so affirming. So I think it's really important for people to hear this. My belief is that because I've always been a very healthy person my whole life, very athletic, very healthy, never had any health issues until this. And I think that when I got my breast implants, my body was able to manage with the toxicity and to keep detoxing and just sort of, you know, keep going. But it was when I went through trauma that it triggered something and my body could no longer handle it I first went through a very sudden a traumatic abusive divorce 18 mm -hmm. months after that my brother committed suicide oh yes. I just about a year and a half again after that I went to court in the divorce which was very very stressful for me and it was literally like the day after going to court um, I got sick so I think that my body is naturally healthy and strong enough that it was able to sort of just keep ticking over even with the breast implants. And then when those traumas occurred, it was just an overload. My body could no longer handle it. So uh, you'll often hear people talking about the toxic buckets. The concept yes. being that your body can deal with a little bit of toxicity. It can deal with a little bit more can keep mm -hmm. dealing with even a little bit more but eventually the toxic bucket gets full and then it spills over so the image i had in my mind as you were sharing is that we also have a trauma bucket that works in conjunction with the toxic bucket mm -hmm. they work together so your body could be strong enough to be dealing with the toxicity and to just keep going but of course at some point in time that is going to get too much but then if you add trauma on top of that mm -hmm. um 
it, it just throws everything out of homeostasis and your body can no longer cope. So I, that was when the chronic fatigue started for me. And my practitioner that I mentioned earlier, after doing blood tests and everything came back normal, he told me that I had CPTSD, which I, of course, laughed at. At first, I thought he was making a joke. I was like, I can't have CPTSD. I, I haven't been to war. I've never been assaulted. Like, and then no. he explained to me the difference between PTSD and CPTSD. So I started learning about that. And um, I actually managed to bring myself out of that very intensive, very debilitating chronic fatigue by using plant medicine. But um, I felt really good for a while. But then after a while, I kept on saying to my partner, something's still not 100%. So I don't feel like there's something that's still not right. So I kept mm -hmm. on thinking maybe it's something in my nervous system that still needs to heal. Maybe I still need to release more trauma. And that went on for a while. And then it was last year. So what year are we now? 23. Uh, it was <laughs> in about November or December uh, 2021 that all of a sudden the fatigue came back properly. And then after that, everything just went downhill. Like literally every week I was seeing another symptom, another symptom. And, wow. and eventually I got to the point where I was like, this is not just the PTSD. There's something else going on here. And yeah. um, so interesting when you were describing the feeling in your chest, mm -hmm. because I would often get this like fluttering in my heart. Yes. And um, the way that it started for me, how I realized was one day I just all of a sudden out of the blue had this thought of, isn't it fucking weird that I have these plastic bags in my body? This is weird. Why mm -hmm. did I do this? Like just yeah. out of the blue. And I think that was my body communicating with me, my intuition telling me like, you need to look at this. And of course, I was in denial for a while. I didn't want to look at that because <laughs> right, right, I right. thought, how do I take them out now? And what am I going to look like? But sure. then I got more sick and more sick. And then eventually I didn't care. And I was like, I don't care what my breasts are going to look like afterwards. I just want these out. Yeah, I see women who, yes, of course, it's a process. I talk to our patients all the time about that. And I do do a discovery call with them prior to them coming in for a consult, because I, like you, feel like telling my story helps them to remember back about things, about theirs. And it's interesting how similar all of our journeys are. And I believe that makes sense because we are the collective and we are all connected to one another. And so when people would say that to me in the beginning, well, not every woman is sick from their breast implants and Okay. I mean, again, I don't want one more person to be sick from anything, but how can you tell me that in my body, it will, would cause this reaction when another woman's human as well, and they've been placed the same way, right? Because, but all of our immune systems are different. Like you said, our buckets are more or less filled. We have traumas that are unresolved. I noticed that the first week I got my breast implants out and was reading in all the support groups, this is what I came away with, but I'm saying it to myself too. I had unresolved trauma. Mm -hmm. All of these women who I was seeing get sick, they had unresolved trauma. So I think they might even get sick faster than somebody who say, I don't know, isn't as connected. And I'm, I, I, these again are just things that I've kind of thought to myself, but I did say to the surgeon, Dr. Kevin Brenner, who removed mine and who I now work with, 
I said, you're going to see women will come in and say that their symptoms started after either a physical or emotional trauma. And one day I was laughing because, you know, I'm not sure if he really got that or understood that. I said, if we look at the body holistically, we have to take into consideration physical, emotional, spiritual. That's what makes all of us up. So one day, right before a quarantine, we had like 11 patients for consults in one day, all with breast implant illness. And every single one, I've gotten a bike accident and my symptoms came out. I went through a divorce and my symptoms came out. And at one point, probably on patient number nine, I remember the doctor threw his pen down and he just looked at me and he said, this is crazy. And I said, but it's not. Mm. Not when you're looking at the body holistically and we are all human. What is somebody, what is the surgeon going to say to you? You can put these breast implants in, but um, at some point, if you get too stressed or if a car accident happens, you could get all these symptoms. Well, who would take that chance? Because that's living life. We're all going to have things that upset us. We're all going to have potential accidents or what have you. Mm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. But it's really this, this whole process that I've been through with my health has really led me to the belief that all illness at the end of the day is caused by unresolved traumas, emotions that have been suppressed. Mm -hmm. And yes, of course, the physical stuff matters. So like a breast, having breast implants, that adds toxicity into your body. Eating badly, um, all of those things contribute. But if mm -hmm. we really want to find true healing, we have to address the emotional and subconscious and energetic aspects of it all. Absolutely. And like I said, I this is um begun my journey of healing and it will go on the rest of my life i'm always trying new things because i love it i i think it's interesting and i like to challenge myself and i have a long way to go for as far as i've come i still have a long way to go coming back to the fact that we both had blood tests that didn't show anything a question that i often get asked by women is how how do you know how can you know that it's breast implant illness so I say to women, um, and it, so on my discovery calls, I will set up the call and I'll say, would you mind taking a look at the symptoms for our call? And then we can discuss the symptoms that are affecting you on a daily basis. I can tell you about what I've seen improve and maybe things that are more challenging. And sometimes I met with, oh, I'm not sick. And I say, okay, well, good. I mean, we certainly don't want you to be sick. Oh, I just want to get my breast implants out, but I, I'm not sick. Okay. Well, would you just mind looking at the symptoms and then we can just, and then we'll get on our call. I can't tell you how many times I've heard this. And the woman will say, oh, I have every symptom on the list. And I'll say, oh, and um, I, I did too, by the way. But so you don't think that you're sick? And then they'll say, oh, no, my, my doctor said that that's normal for somebody when they turn 40. <laughs> and I say, no, actually, that's not normal. And no, at 40, your entire body is not supposed to shut down. I, I know that I'm going to be going strong like this. I think we're even going to live far past 100 with 
right? How things are going to go in the future and how we take care of ourselves. So I find that fascinating. So I would say to a woman who may have some symptoms that say, don't seem to ever get better. Um, if your health is continuing to decline and you're not noticing any improvement, if these symptoms have been around for quite a while and they don't make a lot of sense, like they're insidious and they kind of come on slowly. If um, all of these symptoms happen to occur after getting breast implants, you have to start really kind of thinking about it. I ask my patients, think back. When did these symptoms happen? And sometimes they can remember, sometimes they absolutely can't. But then sometimes they'll say, well, I'd gotten my breast implants in so-and-so year. And oh, yeah, no. And then I went through a divorce four years later. And then that's when the symptoms started. But, you know, you have to be ready. It's not something that anybody should rush into. It's a huge decision. At the point in which I made my decision, I had been sick for seven and a half years. Mm. I was done. I knew I needed to do this and it resonated with me. Even at first, if I was slightly in denial, I have to say that over the course of the week or two before I started making consultation appointments, it was resonating with me only because I had tried everything else and nothing made sense. And then reading other women's stories, which yeah. are so helpful, all these beautiful women who are helping each other get through this. Thank you. Thank you so much for posting like you did and speaking out like you did, because it helped me. I was reading post after post women saying, I feel like I'm slowly dying. And I said that to my mom on countless occasions that of course was upsetting to her. And I'd say, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I feel like I'm dying. Yeah. And I think in some way we were. I do. I, I'll speak for myself. Um, and I feel like this has been a beautiful rebirth and I'm so grateful. So grateful. I, it was the same for me where, as I said, I just started having this intuition of like, I don't know if it's really a good idea. My my first thought was maybe because I'm sick and there's something wrong, maybe therefore it's not a good idea to have the implants. Like maybe they're placing more strain on my body. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was when I went and the one day I was like, let me actually check out this breast implant illness thing because I didn't really know what it was. And when I started reading women's stories, um, I went down a rabbit hole that night. So I was sitting at home on my own on my laptop, I think probably for about four or five hours just reading stories until it got to the point where I couldn't deny it anymore. And, and in that moment, I realized it wasn't that I was sick and therefore the implants were placing strain on my body. It was the other way around. <laughs> was actually the implants that were causing everything and then I sat down and I really thought about it and I made a list of symptoms and and just like you said with all the women like I didn't actually realize how sick I was something felt off I didn't feel good and the fatigue was really like that's quite debilitating because it affects your everyday life so like between the fatigue and the brain fog I was really struggling but those were only two symptoms and by the time I'd made my list I had over 30 symptoms and then when I compared it to that list of the BII symptoms, in, I mean, in that moment, I just knew there was no denying it. So I, I often say to women, like, there, there is no test. And it's highly unlikely that you're going to find a doctor who's going to say to you, yes, you have breast implant illness. Like, that's not going to happen. But 
you know your own body and you need to trust your own intuition and like really think about it and be honest with yourself. And it's only you that can make that decision. Yes. And I say to all of our patients, we're very transparent. I say there's no guarantee that any of your symptoms actually will get better. Mm -hmm. But we are conducting a couple of studies and based on other patients that I'm seeing, we are seeing resolution of their symptoms within, you know, I'll give them within the first year, et cetera. So, I mean, that's all we can go by right now. So uh, when a woman decides to do this, this is really, she's taking that on is, you know, I'm kind of tried everything else and I'm willing to see if this could help. And I just think that removing over 40 toxic chemicals and heavy metals can never be a bad thing from your body. So I'm going to go with common sense tells me something's going to get better. <laughs> right? yeah. But my my thought to myself was that even if there was only a 5% chance that removing the implants could even just help a little bit for me to feel slightly more normal, then it would be worth it. And I also felt like if I removed the implants and I was still sick, then at least I knew that I had removed one very big possible cause. And now I can really drill down into what's actually going on, what's actually wrong. And thankfully... I mean, I knew when I woke up from surgery, I was like, something feels really different in my body. I feel more free in my body. And uh, I had a really, really rough recovery from my surgery. The first six weeks were incredibly hard. I was in a lot of pain. I was still really tired. But even with all of that, underneath it, I could feel my body getting better. So quite quite quickly, I knew that I'd made the right decision. And I'm now four months post explants and I feel like myself again. Only four months. Wow. Four months. Further out. Brain, that's amazing. Oh my gosh. It gets better and better. Let me tell you that for me, like I said, I noticed little things in the beginning and then I started walking. Then I started going to the infrared sauna once my incisions were healed. Uh, But I would say for me to feel like me again, like normal, because you feel like it doesn't even feel like right anymore. And that was what would make me so sad. I'm like, am I ever going to just feel normal again? Please, God, I just want to feel normal. I don't even care what anything looks like. And it took me about a year and a half, I'd say, to fully, and, you know, knowing everything I know now, I probably could have detoxed and healed even faster. But I also wanted to test and see how much of the human body just right we want to, it just wants to return to homeostasis it just wants to be balanced again i kind of want to see what my body will do on its own mm-hmm. and then of course healing my gut balancing my hormones help to helping to support my thyroid and clearing my body of heavy metals it's like you're a new pro- i mean that i'm the healthiest i've ever been even having gone through all of that and it shows, like you can see, as your friends are telling you, you really are glowing. Thank you. Um, I feel so good. I can work out like I did. I can do push-ups now. And I know people are like, why would you want to do push-ups? It feels great to do push-ups. I love doing push-ups, but I couldn't do that before. So now we're strengthening my back, my upper and mid-back, um, because even though the breast implants are out, my shoulders and I was a dancer, still have a tendency to roll forward. In fact, when I um, had BII and I'd have so much inflammation, so much pain through here that like I couldn't even turn my neck for weeks mm-hmm. at a time, nothing would help because the inflammation was so drastic. I helped 
launch and had somewhat of a little bit of input on design on the ultimate sports bra for women by mm -hmm. alignment. And it actually acts as a medical device by pulling in your scapula. So everything is kind of healed and back in this position that actually, when I was designing this with the surgeon I was working for at the time, we were thinking for recovery from breast dog, because at the time I still thought, you know, that was a great thing. Um, and now I'm thinking to myself too, once your surgeon okays you and not right in the beginning, but healing with your shoulders back in that position is always going to be better for you. But yeah, I still notice that I've got some, you know, rounded shoulders from having the implants. I had that inflammation and pain in my lower back and hips. Mm, interesting. For, for probably about a, a good year to year and a half before I went for my explants. Yeah. I and think is it, it was there or go away? No, it, that was like immediately gone after surgery. And that's, it, and it was a pain that was, it was constant. It was every day. Some days were much worse. And then I would literally feel like an old lady. I couldn't bend over to put my shoes on. It was so bad. Yeah. And then other days it wouldn't be quite as bad, but it never went away for well over a year. And, and was that your root chakra there that was? Yeah. yeah. And is that, would you agree that you had healing to do with your family <laughs> and mm -hmm. so forth? Yes, um, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, so now that pain is gone. And I mean, that that was quite problematic for me because my my day job is, is that I teach Pilates and yoga. And mm -hmm. I had to stop doing yoga. I couldn't do it at all anymore because all of that flexibility through the hips just made the inflammation worse. You had to stop doing yoga. Yeah, how crazy okay. is that? One of, of all the things. most gentle <laughs> practices, yeah. ancient practices, you couldn't do. Okay, so that's not a good sign. But you know, I noticed that with patients who, and there are different patients, you know, all of our bodies are different. So we've all been impacted differently. Some women come in, they're like, I don't have any issue with my hair falling out my vision. But what I notice is pain, chronic pain every day. And I do notice with those um, patients that it seems to go away quite fast after explantation, if they've just had like the pain stuff. Obviously, other things take time to heal, like your gut and all of that. Yeah, so I had that um, that lower back and hip pain for well over a year. And then right towards the end, probably the last, um, I would say, two months before going for explants, I started getting joint pain, my wrists, yeah. my knees, my ankles. And then right at the end, it started going into my neck as well. And that was scary. But thankfully, by then, I'd already booked my explants. So I understood what was happening, and but I, I can imagine that if I hadn't yet booked my explants or I hadn't yet realized what was going on, that would have really terrified me. Yeah, yes, yes. It, and it is scary. And again, I love it that there's so much more awareness out and women talking about it. And again, that's why I started doing what I am doing, because I said to myself, if I had had just one person to talk to during that time, anybody who would have said to me, can you imagine it's going to be okay? Yeah. It could be your breast implants. I went through this too. Let's talk about it. Let me tell you, that's what all of these amazing women are doing today. We're all just talking about it. So it doesn't need to be so scary. And that's the first thing I say to my patients when we have our discovery call, I just want you to know this is going to be okay. Mm. And I just think like that alone. Hey, I just posted a video yesterday to my stories about how love and the right support can heal our bodies through anything. 
And we do have at our work, I have the first holistic breast team that I wanted to create so we could support our patients before and after surgery and show them what's required to really, I believe, heal and detox from this illness. And um, they have so much love and support going into this. Our anesthesia provider just got her breast implants out. She had had reconstruction after breast cancer and unfortunately started getting symptoms over the last year. Mm -hmm. Our nurse got her breast implants out last summer. I had mine out. So we've all kind of been through it at our office. We know <laughs> and we see it. Let's get 25 or 30 women calling the office a week. Yeah. With these so there's, there's a lot of understanding and empathy there, which is beautiful. Uh, you've actually very nicely brought me to what I sort of wanted to wrap up with, which is the the practices that you recommend to support women going through this. Uh, mm-hmm. It's another question that I've been getting quite a lot is, if I if I think I have BII, but I, I can't go for surgery yet, so I'm busy saving up for it or whatever the case is, what should I be doing now? And my understanding is that it's a bad idea to try and detox while the implants are still in. Well, I think that that can be. I well, and I should say too what I noticed, and I know I heard Danica Patrick say the same. It didn't matter how much money I was spending or how many appointments I was going to. And honestly, at some point, that kind of drives you mad because I was spending all my free time just going to different doctors and practitioners, and you know, having colonics, doing this and that. And hey, yeah, when I was just doing my green juice walking every day, not eating sugar, gluten, alcohol, right? And all anti-inflammatory foods, things did feel a little bit better and they did look better. But at some point, all of the money that I was throwing at all of these appointments, nothing was truly healing my body until I removed the root cause. So I would say that, yeah, of course, try to balance your body. You absolutely should. I still, I still see women say who come in wondering about their breast implants, but then they say, you know what? It also might be heavy metal toxicity that I have from X, Y, and Z. I'm going to try doing this first. Then you should, because that just tells me, you know, maybe they're not ready yet. And so you should try all of these things, of course. I mean, I'm sure that women would want to keep their breast implants if they could also be healthy. Um, but I do have some tips on my Instagram that I've been posting kind of just my top 10 tips of, you know, if you still have your breast implants in and you're experiencing symptoms, but you're not ready yet to have surgery, what you can do, like not eating, you know, inflammatory foods, start with your diet and cutting out things, lymphatic massage. If I had done that on a regular basis, it would have drastically cut down the edema and the congestion in my lymph. You know, um, hydrating your body. I noticed that all of these patients are very chronically dehydrated. And that's so important, right? That we have enough good water. So anyway, people can check out on the Holistic Beauty Coach on my account and see some of the tips that I give. And then this holistic breast team that you've put together what are how do you support your patients as they go through your explant what are you doing before what are you doing afterwards it's just a guide and nobody has to take any of our advice you can take what you like and leave the rest uh but you know having a lymphatic massage 
um, a colonic to start opening up your detox pathways prior to surgery. Some will opt to have some IV therapy beforehand. Um, after explant surgery, I help our patients with just some very basic detoxing things that they can do on their own. Green juicing, wheatgrass, um, chlorophyll in your water. All of these things start removing the acid from our body. We've become very acidic from the breast implants. At least I did and all the patients that I see. Um, cause you know, I tell women, allow your body to just be for the first month or so after explant surgery and see what starts healing on its own before you start working with a practitioner and healing your gut and all of these things. Let's just see what gets better. Give your body some time. And then, you know, once my incisions were healed, I started doing a lot of infrared sauna, um, a lot of colonics. I mean, not a lot, like overdue, just, you know, enough, a lot of more liver um, detoxing and cleansing to support my liver. Um, and yeah, just when I started doing it, it's just everything kind of started falling into place. Yeah. I also, when, once I decided that I was going to explant, I was very determined and, you know, I, I like knowing what's going on and then having a plan and being able to actually take action because that, that space of feeling out of control, um, it, it's very hard when when you don't know what's wrong and you can't actually take action so now that i knew what was wrong i was like okay i'm gonna tackle this head on i'm gonna remove the implants i'm gonna do the detox i'm gonna do the gut healing protocol and i spoke to my practitioner about it and he was like no you're gonna rest and you're gonna let your body recover from surgery and then we'll see what we need to do so i was like okay fine wait but my my gut was a mess it was a mess before surgery and then of course from the anesthetic and painkillers and all yeah. of that it got really bad uh, so I was like no I'm definitely gonna have to do something for my gut but um, my gut actually came right I, I was about to say on its own but that's not 100% true I uh, I was using a frequency device which um, was very supportive in my recovery but yeah I mean my my gut came right um so I never actually had to do that. I have been using herbal tinctures to support my liver and teas. Nice. I've started doing sauna now recently. Mm -hmm. And um, I just literally like two weeks ago started lifting weights again, which is really mm -hmm. great because, you know, it's just so awesome to feel strong again and to feel Sick. like I've got my body back. Well, you know, it's beautiful too. Like I tell everyone, I could have worked out 24 seven, eaten parsley and drank water. And my body would not a, you know, let go of the weight. It didn't make any sense why I was holding on to it. And my body wouldn't change. And so what feels so great now is to go to the gym, do your weightlifting, whatever the case may be. And I see the changes in my body. And again, at 49, everything's still working everything is balanced it's not what they say that is not true that everything ends at 40. i'm so tired of hearing that it's really really detrimental to people because then it allows people when they hear that to kind of be like oh see that's what it's like when you're 40 it's over stop saying that to yourself it's not true guarantee yeah, i'll be like at 99. <laughs> I agree completely. And even more than just the using it as an excuse, I think that when we have this cultural message drilled into us all the time, that, you know, as a woman after 30, everything starts going downhill and then you start aging, we're actually subconsciously programming 
our bodies mm. to do that because I believe that our mind has great power over our body. So if you have a subconscious belief that after the age of 40, you're going to start aging, that's exactly what is going to happen because you're telling your body to do it. I know. I agree with you. Yeah. I think we have to have a whole nother talk about frequency medicine. You know, beauty is a frequency and, um, and, and all of those things. Cause I love that subject too. As oh, that I would be awesome. Do. I would love that because yeah, I, I would like to dive a little bit more into all of this, um, these other supportive practices that you do and the not anti-aging, the pro-youthifying <laughs> things. I love it, pro-youthifying, yes. Well, no, the way I look at it is if we're in Beverly Hills and I'm going to be here anyway, helping with the whole breast implant illness thing, why are we, if we're in the beauty capital of the world, not talking about celebrating all types of beauty? Why is only one type of beauty? And with that kind of beauty, I'm saying these harsh ingredients and chemicals in products, injecting things that we may or may not know what they are even into our faces and so forth. Let's just have better informed consent, better information. Again, if this is something a woman wants to do, go for it. I just think we need to have all the facts. And I think we need to even celebrate holistic beauty and natural beauty. And that's what I choose to do because I just felt like, you know, there are going to be other women like me who want to look great, but don't necessarily want to add any chemicals to achieve that. So I think we're going to hear a lot about holistic beauty in the future. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm 100% on board with that. And I love your accounts. I love all the tips that you share. And I'm excited to learn more about that. Thank you so much, Amanda. And it's so lovely to connect with you. Congratulations on regaining your health. Thank it you. says a lot about you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, as always, I would so appreciate if you shared it. Share it with your friends, your loved ones, share it on WhatsApp, on social media, give it a like, rate it on whichever platform you're listening. All of those things will help me with getting the podcast out to a broader audience. If you'd like to get in touch with me, my Instagram handle is at rain.dun or you can email me on rain at raindun.com.